A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to Detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show. No music this week. We'll get on to why in just a second, but do you know what? The music is going to just be insignificant when I tell you who is on the show today. Not only have we got the fastest rising female superstar in WWE at the moment, she's got a title shot on Sunday against Oscar. We will be speaking with Mandy Rose, but also, and Alex, I'm going to let you introduce this man because you spoke to him. It's all on you. It's the big dog. He is back in the house, fresh off his return to the WWE after five months battling leukemia. Of course, I'm talking about Roman Reigns. He was doing his first media since making his grand return. And lo and behold, of course, the pro wrestling show stopped by to get some words from the big dog himself. So uh, fantastic to talk to him. Uh, And what a show that is, John. I mean, that's all we need to say. We're going to talk about Raw, SmackDown, a little bit of NXT this week. AEW's gone a little bit quiet this week. That's absolutely fine. They've got bigger <laughs> things to worry about going forward. Uh, as ever, at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter is our Twitter. Make sure you're following us. Uh, as you listen to this podcast, you can feel free to join in the conversation. Just fire off a message. I know that everyone will do it at different times, but we'll address things if they come up uh, in next week's show. And we'll go from there. And of course, our YouTube channel, which we'll be getting more content soon. Pro Wrestling Show, search on YouTube, interviews with all the big names there, AJ Styles, Brett the Hitman Hart, We've got a bit of, even Baron Corbin's on there. So, <laughs> a bit of... Your best friend, Something Baron for everyone. Um, right, the music, let's address the music first of all. There is no music this week because uh, Will does all the music for the podcast. Um, it's, there's no Will. Will's not here. Will is currently in Amsterdam. Yes. I don't know what he's doing in Amsterdam. Kept it very close to his chest. I think we can imagine what he's doing in Amsterdam. That's all I'm going to say. So, you know what? When Will's away, the music's away because the show isn't full. Um, however, John Jackson here, Alex McCarthy, uh, we're just going to crack straight on and let's talk about WWE Raw this week. Well, in lieu of music, we have some fantastic interviews. So I hope that you'll uh, forgive us for this <laughs> misgiving. But I think it's yes. forgivable when you've got the big dog on the show. But yeah, as, as we talk about Raw this week... Um, you know, a lot has gone down on the go home shows to Fast Lane, uh, and you know when we when we're looking at the scope of Fast Lane, typically the the pay per view before WrestleMania in recent years has really underwhelmed because a lot of the matches are already set in stone, and the fans can kind of telegraph what the outcomes are going to be because you know what the WrestleMania card looks like. And in this case, you could say the same applies to Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Now, I don't know if if you or anyone else has got. Um, can challenge me and tell me that Charlotte is going to win that match on Sunday. But of course, everyone knows that Becky Lynch is going to be inserted and make that a triple threat main event. And thus, it's hard to suspend your belief that she's not going to win on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then you've got the Shield obviously back together. Uh, you know, we'll go into more detail about how they reunited and playing uh, against this cluster of Drew McIntyre, um, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin. But. It's hard to believe that Roman Reigns would lose on his, you know, tremendous comeback match. I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, I, I think everyone's been talking about this, that they are billing this as the last ever match the Shield ever. are having. Now, we'll hear in your interview with Roman Reigns that he didn't find out about Dean Ambrose leaving WWE how you'd imagine, which mm. would probably be a phone call from Dean or from Vince, maybe, or, or an agent, anything like that. Anyone. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll tell you in a second how he found out about it. Now, I, I'm still... Dave Meltzer, we also talk about Dave Meltzer. You know, he's a very good authority in wrestling. He says he still feels that WWE are trying to get Dean to stay. It's not a work. Mm. It would seem strange to me for Dean Ambrose to have his last match 
well, one of his, what, the last match in the Shield yeah. against three such random people they've just chucked together. But that would also tell you that they're just desperate to get the Shield match out. Like, that, that's how desperate they are. They haven't mm. even built up a credible opponent for them. And the storyline makes no sense that Dean Ambrose <laughs> has literally just been hating. And, you know, he even brought up Roman's cancer in storyline. Yeah. And yet, Roman has said, Come back in, friend. And you know, on on the on top of that, it didn't take. You don't have to twist Seth Rollins' arm much. Come no. on, come on, Seth. I'd love to get the band back together. <sighs> Go on then. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so you just show. I mean, to, to me, that obviously indicates that the WWE are desperate to get the trio to have that one last build match, which yeah. would probably. You know, uh, on the strength of that, probably lends a lot of credence to the fact that Ambrose is going. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I, I, you know, having spoken to Roman and everyone is going to hear that, I, I do believe that it's ongoing, that they want to keep him. Uh, mm-hmm. And not only that, I, I think that they think Ambrose can be turned, which is probably and the most important of all. What I was going to ask you, do you feel, having spoken to Roman, um, I haven't heard the, I've read, I've read the highlights from your interview, mm-hmm. I've not heard it yet, I'm going to hear it when we hear it in the podcast in a minute. Um, do you get the impression that maybe with Dean Ambrose, they've sat down with him and they've said, look, we don't want you to leave. We're, we're happy. Okay, we're going to grant you your release because obviously we, you've got, got a contract. Mm. But what can we do to keep you there? Has, has you maybe hinted, you know what, I don't want to be this weird Bane heel that was weird as... as. I don't want to be... <laughs> I want to be a face. Uh, has he maybe said that? He maybe said, you know, like, I, I really want to do more with the Shield. Are they just doing what Dean Ambrose may have said would potentially make him stay? I, I, think, I think for sure there's definitely... A, a percentage of that, if you if, if you could say it that way, and you look at um, the best way to reintroduce Reigns, you know he's okay, he's riding a high anyway. No one's going to boo a man who's just beaten cancer. Mm. But by the same token, Rollins has got to do something on to WrestleMania. Ambrose is doing nothing. It's kind of making the value of all three of them, um, and it just makes a, a lot of sense. You know, people have said, is Ambrose going to turn on Reigns on Sunday, and then they're going to have a WrestleMania match? And if that was the case. I would believe that he's staying because Vince wouldn't put them in a big money match if he thought that he was going to walk out the company the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at it from that perspective, I feel like Ambrose could be swayed in Roman's wording saying that, and this applied to the Usos as well, who of course contracts run out in April. And he said, you know, the numbers and the years on the contract have to make sense to them. Now, I would imagine the money side of it applies to the Usos especially because their value as a tag team, you you know, historically, Vince is not a huge tag no. team guy. No. Right? He doesn't pay tag teams. Um, and then you look at the time in the years for Ambrose, uh, he might want some flexibility. He might want certain things. Um, but what I have read is that the introduction of Bruce Pritchard is something that he's a big fan of and, and Pritchard has, has pitched to him mm-hmm. of how things are going to be run now. And of course... For anyone who doesn't know, um, Pritchard has been a long-time WWE executive, I think from the 80s to 2008, uh, and obviously was served as kind of Vince's right-hand man, creative, um, what's the, talent relations is the title I was looking for, all yeah. those things. All the behind-the-scenes sort of he, he, um, he, exec he's, roles or whatever you yes, call them. Yes, he's know. qualified, basically, to make promises is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and apparently Ambrose has been quite receptive to what he's told him. So you'd imagine, uh, you know, coincidentally, this angle that we're talking about now of the Shield kicked off on the war that Pritchard returned to. So it's very interesting. Yeah. You know, that I, I feel like that there it is a work in progress and... Um, I personally feel like he can be swayed. But. On the Usos as well, something that I've I've thought, the best thing that could have happened for the Usos two and a half, three months before their contracts are up at WWE is the fact that AEW have come out and said, we're yes. going to value tag team wrestling. Because you know that, you know, from those guys, you're probably sitting there going, yeah, we've done all right. You know, like... They are, I think, a very underrated tag team in terms of they're good wrestlers, they're good characters, and they're, most importantly, because I think WWE's really struggling with people who can speak on a microphone, they oh, are great man. on the microphone. Their, their dichotomy as a team, yeah. I think, is fantastic. And, and I think I've seen these points made on Twitter that the fact of, of how they do their promos in terms of the back and forth, and it's kind of like one singular promo, but with two people presenting it. Uh, no one else is doing that at the moment. They do it very well. That's, another, you know, more importantly... Um, I think you're right. Their value as a tag team is sky high right now. And and 
let's let's be frank, if they went to AEW and worked with the Young Bucks, <laughs> that's going to shift a lot of pay-per-views. And the thing is, for them, they could sign a two-year contract. After two years of working with teams like the Young Bucks and some of the other tag teams that they're, you know, they're, that, that will go there and compete, yeah. I imagine they'll get, be getting a big old check thrown in their face by Vince McMahon in two years' time. Yeah, well, exactly that. Because their stock will just go up. So, like, I think, you know, from people who at the start of the year might have been like, oh, what's this year going to hold for us? We've got four months left on our contract. They're probably literally swinging around going, hey, all good. <laughs> We're sorted it's, for the next very, few years. It's very unusual that a team like the Usos, um, you know, uh, what I'm talking about is, like, not a main eventer. Mm would have this much leverage at this point. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, they would have re-signed by now or WWE would have cut them loose, but they're in this kind of weird limbo um, where increasingly you're thinking, uh, Uso's holding a lot of power now. And and it was strange that the Revival won the Raw Tag Team titles and the Usos won the SmackDown. And you wonder if that was to placate the both of them. Um, but that kind of brings us back onto Raw. How, you know, I don't know what you think about the revival. Haven't won a match since they won the tag titles, and they've been they've been losing, haven't they? I I, I wasn't on the last podcast because I was really ill, so mm. I missed. I feel like I missed <laughs> yeah. ten days of wrestling. Um, of they, the did, they they lost to was it who was it was it Ricochet or was it uh, yeah, Ricochet Champa? to Black? They lost. They to lost Ricoch- to DIY as well. So they've lost to these new guys from NXT that have come up, and obviously I get that they're trying to bring these guys in and make them win, and like so you like, and it's just. Hang on a minute. So they they've won. It's just basically been like one step forward and then one step straight back, or yeah. maybe most of a step straight back because they still got the title. Like it's, <laughs> it's just I don't get it. No. I don't understand. I, it. I've never really enjoyed the booking either, where you beat the champion, so you get to face the champion. But hang on a minute. Logically, I've beat the champion, so <laughs> yeah. You know Am why I do I have the... to earn the right to do it again? It just makes no sense. Like I I always enjoyed it. Especially you know Attitude Era was prime for. Number one contender matches. You you hardly ever see them anymore mm. um, in WWE TV. But you know you've got a massive roster these days. Why wouldn't you have people competing for the right to face the champion? Make the champion a prestigious thing, like uh, like Champa was in NXT. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know we're going to come back to Champa, but but especially on Raw where you've got an extra hour to fill. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you don't need to be beating the champions. There's no excuse. It's such a strange one. Um, one, well, two more things on Raw that I want to talk about from this week. Actually, three more things. One, two and a half more things, <laughs> and then we'll hear from Roman Reigns. Yes. Uh, number one, um, what has Ruby Riot done wrong? Because she no. was getting pushed, and now she's losing to, Nat- to Natalia, who, as far as I know, has you know no push behind her. She's obviously a great performer, and she's there, and you know she's had a lot going on in the last year. But she, she does everything professionally. But there's no. What's the, there's no reason. Like, no, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, rhythm, reason. But, uh, you know, you look at Ruby Wright and I, th- I feel like it's just WrestleMania season and she's lost in the shuffle. They have nothing for her. At least in Natalia's favour, she's kind of allies with Ronda Rousey, who's obviously going to be the main event. Um, whether, you know, that's a reason to keep someone strong or not, I have no idea. Yeah. But, you know, Ruby Wright, as for all the talent that she has, and believe me, I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, there's nothing for her. There isn't. Well, no. I say there's nothing for her. The WWE have booked nothing for her. There's plenty you could do with her, but um, she has no obvious angle leading into the event, and thus they're not going to they're not going to book her. You, you got to hope that going forward after WrestleMania, then there's, there's some kind of plan for her, as you well, say. You it's assume that, shuffle, that isn't it? you assume that Ronda um, is leaving. You know, she's her last book date with the WWE at present is the night after WrestleMania. She's not booked on any other Raws throughout that month or the European tour. So, you know, definitely not going to be in Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you, when you look at it from that, she, she kind of has a stranglehold mm-hmm. on Raw at the moment because of um, how the WWE have projected her character as this powerful MMA star. It means that she tends to squash a lot of people and Ruby Wright has fallen victim to that. But in a competitive Raw women's division which we would see after Mania, post-Rousey, she could potentially thrive, you know, and, and you know, I, I would like to see her in a championship mix, you know, not... It, I just feel like they're, they're they're presenting so few of the Raw women as equals to Rousey. Yeah. And that's a big problem. But the thing for me is that if she's... Rather than just have her loot, you know, if, if there's no plan for her till after WrestleMania, don't put her on TV. Do what they're doing with Bray Wyatt. They're not mm. rushing Bray Wyatt back, even though he's fit because they don't have a plan for him. There obviously is something for him after WrestleMania. Great. And he'll probably make his comeback the Monday after WrestleMania. Yeah, but rather than so. having Ruby Wright just keep losing, just quietly push her to the side a little bit. You know, where's Dana Brooke? Why is Dana Brooke not losing? 
Mm. to Natalia like, I actually like Daniel Brooke oh, but I, I know what you mean she's got nothing why going is she on. not getting squashed yeah. when she you know it doesn't make any sense um, I, do you want to talk about Ronda Rousey now or should we uh, let me get my other things off the chest about yeah, Raw please, first please of all please do what, what's your take on the whole Triple H Batista thing because obviously you know, we know they're building up to a match at Wrestlemania and yeah. this week Triple H did a promo a great one still great promos from Triple H yeah. will the match bearing in mind Triple H the last time he wrestled tore another muscle you know, he obviously manages so many different job roles in WWE. He's not as young as he used to be. He's got yeah. a history of getting injuries. And like when he's been wrestling for those one or two matches a year, he always gets injured. Yeah. You've got Batista, who is hasn't wrestled for years. Also likes an injury. Loves an injury. Uh, you know, obviously in great shape, but he's not in wrestling shape. Like, is actually is that match going to live up to all of this hype that it's like a nice little way out for Batista? Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Um, I, and I've... I've been aboard that train where Batista says about wanting to retire against Triple H and I, I love a story that comes full circle like that because I think Evolution, just on its premise, is one of the greatest stables in the history of the business because you look at Ric Flair as like the godfather in there, Triple H was the main event star, Batista and Orton were there to be made stars and wow, were they? You know, Look at their influence on the business from there. Mm. The very premise of a group I don't think has ever been executed as well as that. So... To come I, full circle and face each other, yeah. I'm cool with it. Um, do I think it's going to be a masterclass? You know, you know. Let's be honest. Their first wasn't at Mania in 2005. Um, but you, one thing I've noticed, you know, with the veterans, and I'd probably lay money on it now. It will be a no DQ match, and they'll you know fill the spots with plenty of um, gimmicks and weapons and spots and and you know Triple H is kind of a master at that he he, he does expertly do that um, it's I'd, also a good way of hiding the fact they can't go as hard as they used to I mean to. that's that's the, the main reason is, I mean is Batista like he said he wants to run like is is there going to be a run maybe to SummerSlam is that, could that really happen or like because you know John Cena still manages to come back even though he's doing movies yeah I just feel like um, Batista said he wanted to retire against Triple H and that's always been his goal and I think that's what will happen yeah. I think after Mania he'll just be done and dusted but scratch that itch that he always wanted to yeah, scratch I think, before he... I think that's it and he's probably ready I think he's fit 49, 50 yeah he's um, older than you think he was always older I remember you know when yeah he was 30 when I think when he came in on top yeah, so exactly yeah it's the young guy is already like yeah it's it's a little, you know, was legitimately like kids in a house 23 <laughs> but Batista <laughs> yeah, yeah it's he weird. was like a divorce deep but alright um, so I you know I if they do it right, it could be a good match. Yeah, I mean, I, saying, I, yeah? I find the angle intriguing and obviously two characters that people want to see. Yeah. Uh, wasn't crazy about the Batista, oh, I don't like Philly, uh, whole weird Instagram video, but also, you know, if that's going to be the basis of the Hill character moving forward, it was like Ambrose when he said he didn't want to go somewhere because, the, was it the people... Yeah, like when a, he came like back. Oh yeah, oh I can't I breathe just, this air. Those mm. those heels aren't for me. Like you no. know, just just stick with the personal um, problems and you know try and antagonize, antagonize Triple H that way. Let's talk about. I've got one more I want to talk about. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the big one, which is which Ronda Rousey. Um, someone that I work with today who is a big American sports fan and uh, he loves. He, he kind of likes wrestling, but he's you know he can take it or leave it. But you know he's a sports fan and a sports expert. Mm. And he texted me today and went, John, is this Ronda Rousey thing real? Mm. and he's a smart guy and he wouldn't want to look like he didn't know what was going on and for him to text me that tells me that whatever they're doing with this build and blurring these lines between what yeah. is real and what's fake it's obviously working and let me tell you that's their goal just to, for people like him to say that that's exactly what the WWE want I'm under no illusions that I believe it is um, real as in it's a work mm -hmm. uh, and WWE have orchestrated as such wouldn't be surprised if Paul Heyman had had such a role in what Ronda Rousey is saying, um, it's you know it, it just follows on nicely from the heel work that she did on Monday, uh, which I thought was kind of cool with the screw the woo and was it I don't know was it <laughs> damn the man or something yeah. I don't know all the slogans yeah all yeah <laughs> all, all marketable. Um, I thought it was it was decent stuff, but then I don't think there's an angle that's worth saying wrestling is fake. Wrestling is scripted. Because that's what everyone's kicking off about, isn't it? I, I, just, I just don't think that there's ever an angle that's worth crapping all over the business like that. You know, uh, okay, it, you know, 
old timers would say exposing the business okay mm-hmm. you know we realize we live in an age where a lot of people are fully aware of what's going on but there will there will be kids who follow Rousey and stuff that that that's like you know Santa Claus has basically just been revealed and I feel that's very unfair and obviously wrestlers get asked this a lot I was at a Q&A with Trent Seven and a load of kids in Birmingham and a kid went my dad says wrestling's fake mm. and Trent Seven um, or Ben if you want to yeah. you know if you want to like, literally sort of talk yeah. about what he's talking about he gave the most the, the most amazing and I wish someone had filmed it the best answer about do you watch X-Men yeah, mm. yeah I love X-Men right well that you know you know they're not real, don't you? And that could basically explain it in terms of like, imagine like a film, but it's yes. a film you're watching in front of you and everyone's like doing all the stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there is, you know, what's, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen and it all plays out. Yeah, yeah. And the kid was like, wow, that he'd given this great answer. Um, for them to, for WWE to obviously, you know, prep their to talent. Green like that. To say stuff like this, for them to, to give the green light for her to basically go and do it like that. Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's where it feels. It a leaves a bit of a bad taste. For me. I but mean, you know, in my opinion, I just feel that to to pull the curtain back like that, and and I get it. They're trying to, you know, push the realism. It's the hottest angle in the company. They're trying to main event WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey has to look like a badass. I, I get all of that. I get it. I just feel like the wording, and and that's what I think that's what's rubbed me the wrong way the most. That the the insider terms is if they're just trying to like <laughs> yeah. slap it back to the marks, and I think. You just didn't need to do it. Like it was a hot angle anyway. What? Why? It, it belittles wrestling. Yeah. For the sake of an angle, and I, I, I just think that that that's really counterintuitive. But. I think they're just so aware that she is someone that has a worldwide fame for not doing wrestling. So they can really, and I, I like the fact they've done it, they can really use that. You know, they've not had that for, I mean, like a long time slash ever. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, not so much. Mm. But you know, she can come out and suddenly make all those people that don't really care that she does wrestling go, whoa, hang on a minute. She's yeah. only just started this and she's already kicking off. And that's good. But yeah, as you say, the language takes it a bit well, further. So we, we wrote an article on the website today and I think the headline was like, you know, you, <laughs> WWE, w- women's champion, no less. Champion, like <laughs> yeah, a champion yeah, yeah. in the company. Um, brands wrestling scripted and fake. And you but think you know you're what? inviting people to come in and go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as I say, they know it's going to get headlines. You know, mm. it's, it, it's. I don't think it's a stupid move, but I think some of the real fine details of that will put. You know, like, like I said, I, I understand out. why yeah. they've done it. I, I just don't like it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Let's talk about the big dog. Um, We've kept you waiting long enough. Yeah. uh, 26 minutes into the show. (laughs) Alex caught up with the big dog. And to be honest, I'm going to let you introduce it, Alex, because... uh, 
I'm very impressed with your work, sir. Well, thank you very much, my fine peer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, Roman Reigns was in his home state of Tampa, Florida, uh, announcing WrestleMania 36, uh, as some of you may have seen on the live streams. And then he took a conference call after um, that we were lucky enough to jump on. Uh, and when, once, you know, I got to talk to Roman and I wanted to pick his brain about Dean Ambrose. I wanted to pick his brain about the Usos. Uh, but I also wanted to know how it felt, you know, with the fans, because we know that he's had an indifferent time with them over the years and he's been very up and down he's obviously back now to a rapturous repl- uh, you know reception uh, but how did it feel uh, you know and he, he really does pour his heart out here talking about you know Joe as opposed to Roman Reigns so let's get to it Hi Roman uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today and um, I'm sure I speak for everyone and saying delighted to see you back uh, Thank you buddy thanks for having me man So I know that you've briefly touched on Dean Ambrose you know you've just made the ultimate comeback uh, everyone's obviously thrilled to have you back and then the landscape of WWE has changed a little bit since you've gone you know you've got Ambrose uh, announced that he is leaving and the Usos as far as we know are yet to re-up with the company uh, being the locker room leader that you are do you take the onus upon yourself to have talks with those guys and to you know so you want what's best for the company and they're absolutely elite performers very close to you um, you know, what pressure do you put on yourself to, you know, to be their friend and their peer? Um, you know, I, I think I, I put a little more pressure on myself, you know, to be more than just a, a friend and a peer. You know, those, those are, you know, obviously their blood, you know, they're, they are my family. Um, but Dean is the same way. And a lot of these guys are, you know, I mean, I think that's what people don't realize is it's, it's not just these names that you know, but, I'm I'm so close to so many of these guys, you know, all the way from the B team, you know, to Finn Balor, to all, I mean, it, you know, the Good Brothers. There, there's so many guys that I'm so close to. Heath Slater, you know, all up and down the card. It, it doesn't matter who you are and what you do for this company. If you're a good person and, and you care about what you're doing and you have passion and fire for it every single day, then you're probably going to be one of my guys, you know. Um, so it's not, that, that's the hardest part for me is when I, you know, these situations where the business comes up and, you know, I'm, I'm always for giving advice and, you know, giving my perspective and, and what I might do in a situation. But when it comes down to it, this is business and these men are businessmen and they're going to have to take care of themselves and, and, and get the numbers and the contracts and, and the years that they want. Um, obviously, I, I want the best, you know, in my locker room. I want the very best, you know, performers and uh, young men around me, you know. Um, but I, I honestly think, you know, that that's that that's kind of on them to know what's going to make them happy, you know, where they want to be, what what's going to, you know, bring that satisfaction to themselves. Because at the end of the day, only we know what we want as a as an individual and as a person. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I can only give them, you know, the true advice that I would want. And that's, you know, you have to be happy and whatever that entails, do what you have to do to make you and your family happy. And, you know, for me and my family, that's having all the same people around me that I've had, you know, and that's the hard part is seeing people go. But, you know, the, the, the coolest part is, you know, when people go, some people, they, they're introduced and, you know, as, as some old faces leave, we have new faces and new relationships and, and new bonds um, and new, you know, chemistry. So regardless, I, I'm so close to this locker room that the majority of these guys, you know, they're going to hear from me when we're gray, you know, talking about the pops we used to get and the towns we used to make. And, <laughs> you know, that that's the most important thing for me is, you know, that we all achieve that happiness. And at the end of the day, we get the closure, you know, that we need to be able to move on. We, we've seen it in the past as well, uh, that some time away from the WWE can help fans maybe appreciate a talent that um, had an indifferent reaction before. You know, Triple H in 2002 is a great example of that, and even Seth Rollins a few years ago where injury put them both out. Um, as hard as your time off must have been in many ways, do you think that it's done you the world of good and in terms of your character? And do you think, you know, how did the initial reaction the first night you came back, how did that feel? It's not awesome. You know, the reaction, you know, I, I, you can't really predict. You can assume. But, you know, for me, 
at that point, I was just so grateful for the outreach of when I, I broke, you know, the news. And, you know, I, I immediately was insecure about how people would take to it. And, you know, there's obviously a, a very certain and particular view of what people look like and how they act and how they recover to cancer and, and leukemia. So I was, I had my concerns about just how this story would develop and how people would take to, you know, my real life situation, how they would take to Joe. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, th this was, this was real life. I had no, I, I did not care at all about the storylines. The only thing that truly hurt me was having to drop the title because I just put so much time in the chase in it and I just wanted it. And I not only wanted it, I wanted to just be that champion that I said I would be. And I wanted to defend it and I wanted to put it through its best run that it's, it's had thus far. But at the end of the day, I was more concerned about my real life relationship with the crowd, you know, with, 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 with WWE, with sports entertainment, with the WWE universe. I didn't, I didn't care what the, the reaction would be when I got back. I was just happy to be able to share a piece of me and the fact that they were, you know, accepting and they were there to kind of cradle me and, and take care of me and, and give me that support when I was insecure. Um, I, I could care less what they do for me out there. You know, the fact that they were there for me in real life, you know, it, it speaks volumes to, to our fans and, and the people of this world and, and how we can rally behind each other, even even if we are indifferent to each other. Um, you know, for for that, I'm grateful. And, you know, they, they can react to Roman as much, you know, as much or as less as they want. You know, and then that's not a concern of mine, you know. I'm just extremely proud and extremely grateful for the way they reacted to Joe and the, the warm love and the embracement that they, they gave me and my family, you know, and to, to secure us and, and let us know that we're not alone and, and to not have those insecurities and to not be afraid. Um, that That's the only real thing that mattered to me. You know, storyline stuff, character stuff, we'll take care of that. We'll we'll bust our ass to get back on point and get, get all that rolling, but when it comes down to it, you know, as Joe, I'm just, I'm just grateful and, and just happy, you know, happy to be here, happy to clock in. Thank you, man. Buzzing to see you on Sunday. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. So there you have it. Roman Reigns, uh, very candid and detailed. Uh, very good talk. One of the best guys to interview, Roman yeah. Reigns. He's been on the show before, I believe, John. Is that correct? He's been on before when we went to WrestleMania last year and... We didn't speak... To, it was one of those ones where... Uh, someone like Roman Reigns, his time is like... Precious. His time yes. is worth more than gold. Yeah. So they'll sit him in a table, like a round table discussion, and they'll put him there, and then they'll have the world's press, and you know everyone sits around. Other than possibly Dolph Ziggler, I've never seen anyone engage a table full of people from several different countries yeah. in such a way as Roman Reigns did at that. And well, I, I just, uh, just like giving as much of his time as possible, knowing he's talking to a table. Mm. But uh, Will did the interview, and when Will was talking to him, he was... It was like there was no one else around that table, and it was, it was you know, very, very good at, at that. I, I think he's fantastic, and I can totally understand why the WWE have, have gone all in on him. And, and it was one of them where I was frustrated by his character for a little while, but then I became a fan of the man and kind of began to enjoy him a lot more uh, from that perspective, as a lot of people do when you, you know, like that's the rise of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan right there. You enjoy the performer, the person. But uh, anyway, I, I thought with the chat with Roman, he made a lot of pertinent points. And in particular, one that certainly has gained traction on Twitter is his uh, endorsement for an off-season in the WWE. Mm. He's, you know, him saying that maybe a full quarter the WWE could take off, you know, and it would help in terms of uh, creativity, it would help in terms of, you know, performers healing. Uh, and, and it's really hard to argue with that. You know, I can I can see the benefits. Of course, the TV deals, you know, what Fox have paid for, what the billions they're paying for is weekly episodic shows that yeah. are going to garner between two and a half and three million people. That's what they're paying for. The idea of Vince McMahon saying, sure, we'll you know take some money away and we'll, we'll, we'll only do nine months of programming. It's just unrealistic. You know, they, they could run less live events because, yeah, you, know, you know, the live events are down in, in the US, that is, of course. And they are actually kind of offset by these massive Saudi Arabian Australia shows. So they could definitely afford to lighten the schedule domestically. Um, you know, let us know what you guys think. You know, at, at the at Pro Wrestle Show, 
please tweet us uh, when you've listened to the interview with Roman and let us know what you think because it's been a hot topic amongst people I think for a while now I mean yeah like certainly as a, as a wrestling fan would you find that having an off season where even it was on every other week I mean mm. okay let's say they can't change that and they have to have the live TV shows but if if you missed out on the WWE coming to the UK twice a year because they only came once a year to do live events like mm. they do like they're doing in May and like they do November. Uh, in November if they only came in November because after Wrestlemania they had an off season for three months over the summer and let's just say NXT did a tour instead yeah and NXT UK and NXT had a big Old Rumble, like you know, at all. <laughs> Good where old. Was, where was Brits versus American NXT, whatever. Yeah. Would I'd as, as, as a wrestling fan, would that be the end of the world if it meant that the wrestlers you loved were in their prime more, not injured as much, and generally happier? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think all of that rings true, and and even more to the point. You know, and I'm just going to reference the other sports that I like. You know, you look at football. I mean, when the, by the time the season comes around, especially if there hasn't been a World Cup or Euros, you know, I'm, I'm gagging for the football to return. And it's, I think it'd be the same with wrestling. Yeah, it's anticipation. And I think that sometimes when you've got it every week and, you know, like, for example, you know, the, the, the Triple H Batista thing, I think everyone can see, you know, everyone knows why that's going to happen. Mm. Batista's, you know, he's said it for ages. But now you're having to almost stretch out the whole build up to it when really like it doesn't it just I don't know I just feel like it could be quite an explosive short build for me that mm. because you know what I've been saying for years I want to do it I've got 10 days off let's do it you know like you could have done that and I don't think you would have needed to stretch it out across Raw but I'm, guess, I'm guessing it gets ratings having Batiste from Triple H on well it, but you know. there, there you have it but yeah I could I could definitely see them using anticipation as being, you know, you see what they did with Kevin Owens. They're teasing Kevin Owens coming back, coming back, coming back. Great, mm-hmm. and when he comes back, everyone goes nuts. Yeah, they tease Roman Reigns. I mean, I know it's a bit different with Roman Reigns, but he comes back, everyone goes nuts. If you'd had three months off, and you know, it's like the first weekend of the Premier League season again, mm. I think everyone would be pretty, you know, and, and and you know what, fans would be refreshed as well. Yeah, but again, is there the fear that they're going to go elsewhere and you know subscribe well, I mean, to other that's things? Just and the that's, wrestling industry, isn't it? I, I guess, think it's but... really interesting, and I think that it's a big discussion to do on like a, a standalone show of like the future of where we see it going. Because yeah, for sure, especially with the new you know businesses that are around now. Now and... you have legitimate you know competition. Oh, for sure. Look, let's move on because we've already got Roman Reigns on the show. We need to get well, Mandy let's, let's Rose go on the show to as well. And, so... and our friend Mandy. Yes. I mean, uh, I, I spoke to Mandy on a conference call ahead of uh, Fastlane this Sunday where yep. she will challenge Oscar for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Now, of course, that build has kind of been muddied because of the top women on that show uh, are in their own angle. They're obviously, you know, Charlotte and Becky main evented SmackDown this week. Yeah. Whereas Mandy Rose got a 30-second victory over Naomi. Um, yes, she's a former champion. Yes, it's a powerful victory in, in on paper I guess is mm-hmm, probably the right mm-hmm. way to say that but other than that the, the build to this match has kind of been you know pretty lackluster but I digress Mandy Rose has been positioned as a big star now it goes without saying she's got a million dollar look um, but she has exponentially improved in the ring I don't think anybody would really deny that um, coming from the tough enough season that also had Sonya Deville and Velveteen Dream she has Started as just a member of Absolution has now become quite the player on SmackDown. And you could see the points of her push coming where she was getting more microphone time. She started in the Elimination Chamber pod alongside DeVille and the Boston Hug Connection. She finished that match as well as the last as well, the last team before they were eliminated. Yeah, correct, yeah. She has definitely been positioned strongly over the last few months. Uh, the word is Vincent Mann has big high hopes for her. So, yeah, we got to talk to her um, and ask her a few questions about who has been helping her backstage and helping her you know, rise in terms of her performance, wrestling, uh, and more than that, the injury scare of Oscar on Monday night that kind of went viral where they throw up the dreaded X sign. And, of course, the match gets called a no contest and everyone fears that Oscar is injured. Subsequently, she was not, but Mandy Rose still talked us through what happened. So let's get to that. Hi, Mandy. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, I just wanted to quickly kick off um, with, obviously, Paige is enjoying huge success right now with her film, uh, Fighting With My Family. And you made your debut in the WWE alongside her. Um, I just wanted to know how much influence she had on your career and your growth to this point. Wow, yeah, I mean, Paige has a ton of influence on um, my career. 
And, you know, it just comes like full circle, I feel like, with Paige because we started on Tough Enough together. And, um, of course, I didn't, you know, I didn't know her as a person as well um, during Tough Enough. I only kind of got to see how, you know, she reacted to what I was doing and the reality show. And um, I got to know her more when I was on Told With Jesus right away. Um, she really was a, a big supporter and um, a good friend in the sense that she always looked out for me and she always, you know, she messed around with me a lot, of course. We always joke around because she loves messing around with me. But she was always, like, out for my best interest. She'd always, you know, tell me certain things, like, oh, don't do that and do this. And, you know, just little tricks of the trade because she's been around for so long. And uh, and then it came full circle when I, um, you know, made it up to Monday Night Raw. I, you know, I got to debut alongside her and my best friend Sonia. So she's been a huge influence in my career. And I couldn't be happy. Couldn't be more happy for her. Um with everything going on and her, you know, her movie fighting with my family, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing and I'm, and I'm super, super happy for her. Of she course. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I think another common theme along a lot, among a lot of WWE fans, especially on Twitter, is that how, how improved, you're probably the most improved wrestler in the company maybe for the past year. Um what have, you know? What have you been doing for the past twelve months? Let's say training, or who have you been learning from? Picking brains backstage. Um, who's really helped you get to the opportunities that you're now experiencing? I mean, everyone kind of you know we have a great camaraderie backstage. I'm sure you guys know that, and uh, everyone helps everyone. You know, it's like um, backstage. You know, you have producers, you have writers, and you have. Um, the talent, and, you know, there's a lot of people that look out for each other, which is which is really cool. And um, as far as, you know, the women, um, I'd say, you know, since I've been on SmackDown, um, Charlotte's been a really um, awesome, you know, awesome friend, but also gives me a lot of good insight. You know, she's an amazing performer, so I take a lot of advice from her. And um, I think just, like, in general, getting people's feedback from when you finish a match or when you finish, you know, a promo and kind of just hearing what people have to say about it, but also taking everything with a grain of salt as well, because, you know, you can get a load of opinions and sometimes they can overwhelm you and you can overanalyze yourself and it can get a little crazy. So I tend to take everything in and, and obviously um, get the, the feedback that I want, but then also take it and, um, make it into my own and make sure that, you know, it's something that I agree on and something that I support as well. So, you know, it's kind of how I roll with things because I don't like to take everyone's opinions and everyone's feedback and, you know, it kind of makes me feel crazy at times. So, you know, I'm very happy with and uh, grateful of the you know, success I've had over the past year. But, um, you know, it's always, there's always room for, um, for improvement and, um, you know, you learn, you learn something new every day in this, in this business. I see as well that you had something of a homecoming last night, um, and in your um, your match with Oscar, there was a bit of an injury scare. But since obviously Oscar has ter- uh, told everyone that she's okay, um, how was that for you that match? And and how were things backstage? Um, with, you know, obviously everyone was worried at the time, but it turns out it's okay. Yeah, I was in my hometown last night. It was really great to be home. I had about like thirty people, thirty um, friends and family there that were all front in the front row. I had all my nieces and nephews who are obsessed with coming to the show. And um, it was it was really amazing to have them all there, of course. Um, not everything always sometimes, and uh, accidents happen. So, unfortunately, there was a little accident, and we would take, you know, proper precaution. And, you know, thankfully, Oscar is fine, and she's, she's doing okay. It's just, um, you know, stuff happens. So, you can't let, you know, you just can't dwell on it. You just got to move on. But, um Really, what made my night the most was that um, my the nephews all got to get in the ring for the dance break with Carmela and our troops, <laughs> and just seeing their faces light up like, and they do that dance move all the time. So I had to tell them like, please, you gotta grab my niece and nephews, and it was just amazing to see. It was of course right before my match, and I was a little overwhelmed because I was having a title match with Oscar, and I had thirty of them backstage with me before my match, and then watching them out there so obviously. There was a lot of nerves, and I had to, you know, go out and perform. But um, seeing all of them <laughs> in the ring at the same time, like, literally made it their whole life. Like, they'll never forget that night. So I'm really happy that that happened. And there is Mandy Rose talking about how Charlotte Flair 
is her you know biggest backstage advocate which i think uh won't surprise too many people no. when you look at the seniority over in smackdown but you know also talking about how uh, you know she had to shake off the oscar injury square and, and she she realized injury square square Wow. It was it. it was it. No, 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 the, no. I'm just thinking of the dimensions. It was the entails. injury in the square. Injury in the squared circle. There you go. That's what I'm saying. That's what um, I'm saying. So yeah, it, it's just very interesting that she she kind of brushed that off and she realizes the mistakes happened. She seems like a really nice person as well. She is. I remember um, she was on Total Divas, wasn't she? She yes, like, was incorporated very quickly in a little there. bit into that, and it seemed a bit random. And it seems like a world away from where she was there. Mm. And for those of you who maybe follow, I think she has a YouTube thing with Sonia Deville, uh, where they just go around eating donuts. So, Mate. you know, uh, she. When we see her next, whether it's in this country or that country, we need to like prepare like a. We do. We need to get the def- you know which donuts are best because there's one of the biggest arguments I have at work is about donuts. <laughs> Honestly, it's a, big, it's a very divisive topic. Someone brought these Krispy Kremes in and they've got these. They, I don't know. We're going off topic here, but Krispy Kremes. <laughs> you do know. You know, Krispy Kremes have like the thing in the you know the, the jam or the chocolate in the centre yes well they're obviously thinking oh what can we do to make people like Krispy Kreme even more like you need to do that yeah. and they're going well we could make those those ring donuts also have chocolate around them <laughs> it's just uh, like what to, to, to me you're doing it right <laughs> no, I really am digressing now <laughs> but like if you were to just get like a Sainsbury's pack of jam donuts. Oh yeah, that's great. Are you, right? I tweeted about this recently. But I come to Krispy Kreme for a different kind of donut. It's an executive donut. It is. Oh, and sixty p for five jam donuts. If you go in the morning at Sainsbury's, they're delicious. You just can't knock that. Later in the day, rubbish. Yeah, Whereas if you rocks, go to Krispy Kreme, <laughs> a couple of quid or whatever, you get you feel you feel less dirty. You do. Because to be honest, nailing a pack of five <laughs> jam donuts, which I did while I was ill last week when I couldn't yeah. do the past podcast. But you also have to think to yourself like. Because they're going to get harder like two hours. I'm going to have to nail them. I'm going to have to do five. What's your view on donuts at Pro Wrestle Show? <laughs> Let us know. We'll discuss it in the next episode. Um, look, we need to move on to Fast Lane, which is this Sunday. If you if you're listening to this after Sunday, but you already know what happened, and you can see how correct we were. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed to see that Rey Mysterio and Andrade is on the kickoff show because you know what? Over the last so many weeks on SmackDown, they've been the, one of the highlights, if not the highlight for me, putting on great matches. Um, Hopefully leading towards a WrestleMania match, but again, I, I hope so. Without, if it's not on the, it's not on the, not on the if it's not on the main show for Fastlane, <laughs> is it going to be on the main show for WrestleMania? No, probably not. No. But, but that leads me to believe, and I've read this before, that, that they're going to end up respecting each other, and perhaps being a tag team. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here first. Um, I mean, do you do you think anyone's do you do you care who wins? I don't really care because I think it's just going. You know, they always put on great matches. Um. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it actually doesn't matter. We're not going to predict that. Andrade loses nothing by no. losing these matches. So but, let's not worry about it. But you know, I, I think Fastlane as a whole is pretty formulaic. When I look at it, I don't think uh, I don't think Sasha and Bailey are dropping the titles. No. I don't think Brian's dropping his title. I think Becky Lynch wins against Charlotte. Uh, is there an Intercontinental title match going on with Finn Balor? No, there's no. Wow. Uh, no, that's what I was saying. There's a few things I, missing I think, from I this. I think the Shield wins. Um, you know, I, I to me, there's not many. There's, there's really not many shockers or must Fastlane's such a weird one for me. Because as you say, it's, it's just... It's like we said earlier, it's just a step to mania. It's just because they have to do it. So, mm. Mandy Rose ain't going to win the title. No. But, you know, having said that, and, and I know we're wrong, I enjoy Oscar. I really do. Mm. But And it's not her fault that there's no steam behind her title reign, but, but there isn't. Do you feel, you know, Lacey Evans, everyone's saying that Vince is really big on her. Yeah, is she, could she interfere in that? I'm just trying to think, basically, on SmackDown, let's face it, after WrestleMania, if Ronda leaves, as everyone seems to think she will, if Becky and Charlotte are then feuding for the title, bearing in mind we imagine Becky will win at WrestleMania, but you know what? Curveball, Charlotte could win. Mm. They'll probably feud on Raw. You know, on SmackDown, they've got to get some big-name women there, so some people are going to have to step up. So... If Vince is really high on Lacey Evans, could that be maybe where she starts? Well, I mean, shenanigans. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're saying that she could actually be the WrestleMania match. Now, mm. to me, that's quite a short build for someone to come in and do that. But also, it's not a headline match, so it's plausible. But it's kind of weird remember, how they've integrated these after people. Mandy Rose. Like you know, Mandy Rose has the attributes. Yeah, but just hasn't had the screen time there or the character like, development you know, for anyone. She, to has, she hasn't got the equity. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, build up I with fans to, to do that, yeah. And then after her, it literally is Naomi, and that's it. Like, it's, I know Carmella had a bit of a run, but yeah. she's busy doing dance breaks, not really... 
title it, It's kind of weird how they brought those NXT people in because one of the other matches is the Revival versus Ricochet and Alistair Black versus Gable and Rude. Now, I've seen some people say that that wasn't meant to be Ricochet and Alistair Black. It was meant to be Gargano and Ciampa, but obviously, as we've seen this week, and we haven't actually touched on it, that Tommaso Ciampa is, is going to be out for a while. Um, mm. We don't really know how. Uh, he, he's scheduled to have had surgery uh, yesterday, which was Thursday. Uh, on a neck problem where he's having a couple of vertebrae fused or a couple of yeah. discs fused. I don't I think I'm Benoit, not ne- Benoit and Edge have had similar. I'm not a neck surgeon, um, which is really unfortunate. I know that he's been dealing with this for a long time, but then they were they were meant to be in that match, which makes me then wonder whether Ricochet and Alistair Black, one of them, was meant to go against Finn Balor at this. And like, I just I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's not talk about what it was meant to be. I just think it's weird how they brought the NXT people in and they just won and won and won and won, and then like EC3 has disappeared off the face of the earth, <laughs> man. Um, Lacey Evans, who they've obviously got big plans for, has just kind of turned up, then gone. Heavy Machinery have done their kind of comedy stuff, which oof, I can take it or leave it. I'm not that fast. It, or maybe it's just that Ricochet and Alistair Black have been so impressive, which they have, because they, they are have. both very experienced independent wrestlers who've done NXT and are obviously, you know, future sort of main show stars. Maybe, you know, they've just risen to the top and that's why they're on this card. I think they might win it, but judging by WWE's logic I actually think that the Revival will win it because that's what they tend to do oh your champion loses champion loses lose 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 lose, lose pull it out on the main event that's exactly it alright well I, I would I would have gone with Ricochet and Aston Black winning because they just don't seem to lose they're unbeaten no, yeah, so. I, I go along with that too ok uh, Boss and Hug versus the Samoan Slaughterhouse what is that is that their name apparently <laughs> I haven't heard that. I'm just, I mean, I'm just reading the list off here. I've seen, I've, I've, the only place I've seen it is um, on Cultaholic. Wow. Shout out Adam Pacitti. And, um, Wowzers. I, I mean, unless that's what he's calling them. I've only yeah. actually seen them called that I'll on his I'll get behind thing. it if, that, if, that's, if that's I'm gonna the line Google that Adam's going with. I'm going to do a bit of live Googling. Hang on. Tell I mean, me what he's going to go on in the match. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like um, it's, it's just a gateway for the Boss and Hug connection to get to WrestleMania where... It is rumoured that they will be facing Lita and Trish Stratus. Uh, Trish has been exceptionally active in regards to WWE on Twitter recently, so leads me to believe that she's keeping herself involved, and I think that is going to happen. Um, what this means for Nia Jackson, Tamina, who knows? Um, but you know, I I don't see the Boston Hug connection dropping it on their first defence. No. Um, I just don't see it. I can confirm they are called the Samoan Slaughterhouse. Oh let's not talk about that. I quite like this thing where uh, potentially at WrestleMania. Uh, no, what was it? No, which where, which event were they talking about having the women's title, the women's tag team titles defended across NXT, SmackDown, and Raw? Is that they're just saying about doing that full stop? Like, when but they no, but like in, in terms of their thinking of actually. The, the, the next time it's properly defended after Fastlane will be that sort of triple threat from all of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I read that somewhere. I don't know whether that's actually true or oh, not. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it, but I'd I'm trying to, to think who, who would be the NXT. I, think they, I mean, I would love to see I'm sure I saw Dakota Kai. The, the, oh, they're both injured, God, but, yeah. you know. I, I saw um, a, a tweet, I think, from last night where they turned up in NXT and Vanessa Bourne and, yeah. and her partner, I can't even remember her name, Aaliyah? Yeah. Yes, they yeah. There was a confrontation between them two. So um, yeah, I, I mean, it seems to be a lot of confrontations, but not a lot of actual. It's a weird one, isn't it? Um, but yeah. Well, it might happen. Uh, look, the Usos versus Shane McMahon and the Miz. I think this is where we're all expecting the Usos to retain the title because everyone seems to think they're going to be going against the newly reformed Hardy Boys at WrestleMania. Correct. Which is, um, I'm actually really looking forward to it. I think the Hardy Boys, they if they were both a bit better on the mic, they could have a. Yeah. Of, I mean, obviously, Matt Hardy has created a, a brilliant character for himself, but the, he's not that character now. He's a bit of that character. Yeah. But, you know, like, in terms of them compared to the Usos, they could have some really good promos, but actually, could they? I don't know if the uh, Hardys could. I wonder they, if they'd, they'd factor in, like, a third team into that feud just to kind of, you know, spice things. But I, there's plenty of teams on SmackDown, yeah. if that's what you want to do. But um, looking at... The, the Miz and Shane obviously they're going to split off and I mean, apparently is, do their own thing and this is where we think it may this is where they're going to you know splinter and it's and it's Shane that's meant to be the heel as well which is uh, well, interesting I, I mean I'm kind of looking forward to it 
Um, and, and people, have, you know, Will especially, I know, d- d- dislikes this story. Yes. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm for anything that's a bit different, um, and, I, and I like the two characters individually. So, mm. Will just loves he or Miz. Like Will is obsessed yeah. with Miz. And do you want to, you know, I get it. it. While he's having kids, it maybe is better that he's a baby face because yeah. he's the dad. You know, whatever. But I'm, I'm really into that. So, like, you know, while that's on, I don't know where, where we're watching WrestleMania. I think Will's probably going, so we won't watch it together. But we could. I was going to say he can just turn. He can go to the toilet while that's on. Yeah. Um. We talked about the Shield. The Shield are obviously going to win. Brian versus Kevin Owens. Uh, we think that this is going to lead to Kofi Kingston finally getting his WrestleMania yeah. moment. I think he will. But um, Will, the question for me is. Daniel Bryan will probably retain the title. He should do, just for the stellar work that Will he's... it be a one-on-one with Kofi Kingston, or will Kevin Owens be involved? Well, Mustafa in Ali, or who knows? Like, I mean, just for his... Well, I saw a rumour today that Mustafa Ali may get involved with Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Really? Yeah. I'd like to see that. That would be good. I, I hadn't heard that, but I would like to see that. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that... I, I, I mean, I am someone who would really love to see Kofi Kingston and win, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and and for me, for Daniel Bryan's stellar work since becoming WWE champion, he is so good. I don't know if you saw the video I tweeted him the other day. Yeah, the, the you, interview after SmackDown. Yeah. Oh my God, he is lo- he is so good. You right love now. a backstage promo. I I've do. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes the, best. Where the, the best worker. He, I think he's the best in the world right now. Like in terms of character to delivery. Like, oh, who who's doing it better than him right now? The thing is, right, you make all these bold claims. I love it, right? And I was thinking the other day, I was thinking, right, I'm going to do the Alex McCarthy method. And I was watching the Man United football match, and I went, right. So I tweeted after they won, give him a ten year contract, yeah. and did? literally got so much abuse from people going, he's yeah. only won one game. Yeah. And I was like, oh come on, Alex McCarthy doesn't get this. Everyone agrees with him. No, come on, mate. When, when I made the Charlotte Flair claim, being the best in the world, <laughs> yeah, it didn't leave me alone for days. That but, went a bit nuts, didn't it? Yeah, but um, yeah, I I feel like Daniel Bryan's on top of his game, and he deserves to walk into Mania with the title I mean last time he did that ended pretty quickly for him at the hands of hands of Sheamus so I'd quite like to yeah. I'd quite like to him to have his moment too because you know everyone's talking about Kofi's moment but it's also Daniel Bryan's. yeah absolutely like the story of his last three or four years has been nuts mm. and then Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch now again I read somewhere that the thought behind having this as a triple threat because I don't know about you but you know I think the Charlotte Flair element in this is I don't Forced. I don't need her there because there we don't need it. But they seem to think that it is a real that is a real backup for in case one of them gets injured. I read that. Um, it, that you could, and I, I mean, I, that, I just don't buy that because I just feel like you'd do that for every match in the world, then, wouldn't you? Like, the thing is, right? If on Sunday Becky Lynch got injured, then they just you could you got a month and a bit to write a story about how. Charlotte Flair can be gloating about the fact that you know, like there's loads of things. And, you can and do. this is all because what? Nia Jax punched her square in the face and like injured her. Like it's not really Becky's fault. She's not she's not injury prone. She no, has, just... has, you know, like, let's all remember this knee injury is a complete work. To be fair, right? no, neither of them are injury prone. Ooh, Charlotte's this... only missed time because of a, a malfunction with yeah. something cosmetic. What, what's so... been wrong with Rousey? Like I, I don't really understand where they're going with that, but I don't think it actually is anything to do with that. I just believe that the company originally wanted Charlotte and Rousey. I think that was promised to Charlotte. That's mm. what I read. Um, and then Becky became undeniable. You had to have her in there. And it was a case of working that into the story and, and making it all make sense, which I'm not convinced that they're doing. No. But I can understand why they're going in that direction. And I'm okay with Charlotte being a part of a historic main event like that because when you look back in history and you look at the three women that main evented that, we'll all be okay with it. And the match will be good because Charlotte does always deliver. Always delivers. (laughs) What? In a pay-per-view. She's never had a bad pay-per-view match. I'd, I'd challenge anyone to tell me different. But the point is, it didn't need her. It, it, it could have. It, Becky and Ronda is actually what people wanted. Final point of this, of the whole podcast today, ahead of Fast Lane, I want you to tell me what Ronda Rousey's involvement in Sunday is going to be. I mean, she's going to carry on this whole mean streak persona where she's doing what she wants. Nobody can tell her what to do. That's the key premise to this whole Ronda Rousey uh, attitude and this Ronda Rousey aggression that she's suddenly found and hatred towards people that seemingly didn't appreciate or respect what she's been doing for the business um she says like a grizzled veteran but to me i feel like she's just going to come down and uh you know f 
stuff up. And you know, I, I don't, I don't think she's. Is she going to try and screw Becky? Is what I'm thinking. No, I don't or think she will. She'll just sit and watch. I think it will be the opposite. She'll sit and watch, but make it look like she doesn't care. No, I think she will do the opposite. I think, she, if anything, she'll destroy Charlotte because oh, okay. she wants Becky in the match because she wants to beat up Becky. That was the whole point of laying the belt down and saying, oh, "I need you know Becky." Good point. Should be here. I think that if anything, she will attack Charlotte and say, "I'm going," and then she'll kind of give that look to Becky as if to say, "Well, you got what you wanted, but did you want it?" That's the final word. Um, if that happens on Sunday, if you listen to the podcast after Sunday and the exact opposite has happened, please tweet right now. Get your phone out now <laughs> at Pro Wrestle Show. Yeah, Alex, you got it wrong. Yeah. Um, before we go, um, obviously make sure you follow us on Twitter at Pro Wrestle Show. We've got an Instagram account, Pro Wrestling Show. Um, we recorded this on International Women's Day. Um, one of the best tweets I saw earlier was from WWE NXT UK superstar Nina Samuels mm. um, she said I once had a moment of madness that maybe wrestling wasn't the right career for me then I saw this match and it blew all doubt of my mind which match is she referring to um, oh god it could be so many but I'm going to imagine it was Bailey and Sasha Banks in Brooklyn no it's not it's going to be something terrible isn't it it is. <laughs> well it done. is. Good. Of I just thought that was really nice. The way you, the way you looked at me then, I thought, oh no, it's all part of the tease, mate. Yeah, it's all part of the tease. You sold it so well. Well, there you go. And I just thought that was a really nice way to to end the show today. Um, he's been Alex McCarthy. I've been John Jackson. Will Gavin will return next week. Enjoy Fastlane this weekend. Enjoy any independent wrestling you're going to see this weekend. This has been the Pro Wrestling Show. <laughs>